On July 8th, I did a podcast where I read letters of responses and opinions by readers who read an article by Cardinal Timothy Dolan. It was entitled, Even a Bible is Full of Flawed Characters. It was in the Wall Street Journal, June 29, 2020. In the article that the Cardinal had written, he mentioned that years ago he was dedicating a parish to St. Peter, and a woman wrote in protest saying, Why would you name a church after such a coward, a sinner who denied even knowing the Lord when Jesus needed him the most? at the hour of his arrest and crucifixion. Cardinal said he knew the woman and what parish she belonged to, so he wrote back, but you are a proud parishioner of St. Mary Magdalene's church. She was sure not a paragon of virtue for a chunk of her life, yet by God's grace, she became a radiant, inspirational saint. Surely this comparison was so off the mark that when in one of the responses, a priest of 50 years wrote, giving Peter a pass, he immediately, the cardinal that is, turned his attention to the female apostle, Mary Magdalene, making sure to quote and perpetuate the age-old false and slanderous accusation that she was a sinner for a chunk of her life. Not only did the cardinal look as though he was attacking the parishioner for a question, a valid question, took this opportunity to make a very weak comparison between the sin of Peter, who denied Christ looking into his eyes three times that he knew him, to a woman who was falsely accused of being adulterous. I mean, seriously. Another article I have in front of me, it says Mary Magdalene's clear importance in the Bible worried some of the early church, Western church leaders, so they sought to downplay her influence by portraying her as a sinner, specifically as a prostitute. So when asked my opinion, I would say is to look at how the major events of Jesus' life and how Peter went astray is seen very carefully at how his authority has been portrayed, that's Peter, and compare with Jesus' comments and teachings, which often reflected Jesus' rebuttal to an action or a comment of Peter's, which is not to miss the many ways Peter would go behind Jesus' back in an effort to change what Jesus had said. In other words, Jesus would make a comment, and it's pretty clear by how Jesus responded to Peter's question or comment that you would see there's certainly an issue where Peter would want to come across one way for the benefit of others and appear as though he was truly interested in what Jesus was teaching by the question or the comment that he was making for the benefit of Jesus' other apostles and his disciples, the people who would follow him from place to place to hear him speak. In my book, I tell the story of what had taken place in the life of Mary Magdalene and It happens when Jesus was 17 years old. There was a commotion where there were seven men dragging a young girl through the streets. The racket was so loud and the screams of the young girl that Jesus, who was 17, as I said, years old, ran to catch up with the noise. The men were shouting that the girl of 13, 13 and a half years old propositioned them and she was to be punished, when in reality, The girl had broken in on these men 
attacking her sister, this young, beautiful little girl, innocently gave herself to the men to save her sister, and thus the men used this as their excuse to drag her through the streets. As the men shouted punishment to the adulteress, the women watched on. It would have made no difference if the woman would have come in to try to save the girl, because at that time, it made no difference what the woman, or in this case, a girl, would have said, because whether you were attacked by a man or you entered into adultery with a man, it was all the same. It was, in any event, it was the girl, the woman, the female, who was under attack and who was the cause. The woman, the young girl, was violated by these men in an effort to keep them from hurting her sister. It was after he secured her safety with her sister and brother that Jesus had continued with his plan to go to the Himalayas. So, of course, rumors flew and her reputation was marred. And though today we understand what women have gone through in situations like this, where the men, or the, the young men, are listened to and whatever happens to the girl is still her fault. So as a result, time passed. Um, Mary Magdalene grew to a fine young woman, very smart, and she had an import-export business which she controlled, and the businessmen respected her for the work that she had done. And uh, the stories more or less were always out there, of course, but she made a life for herself. As we see uh, in every case where God is involved, God allows bad things for a greater purpose. So it was uh, later on when Jesus had been already making a name for himself as a spiritual leader in the Himalayas, that having heard of his foster father um, being ill, Joseph's illness, Jesus, now a spiritual master, leaves the Himalayas to return home since he was the one and only son of Joseph and Mary as far as anyone knew. By that I mean that no one knew that Jesus was the Son of God but was in fact the child of um, Joseph and Mary though they suspected Joseph was not his real father. As Providence would have it, he was reunited with Mary Magdalene, and uh, soon they became betrothed. And, of course, we all know at this time in our lives that the wedding feast of Cana was indeed the marriage of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. As it happened, from that moment on, Jesus took Mary everywhere with him when he preached. Though Jesus' reputation was world-renowned as being a spiritual master, so too was Mary's, but of course not in the same respect. Though she had proven herself to be a remarkable woman in business, her reputation by the town and by these men followed her. Once Jesus public ministry began and Peter and his brother Andrew and the others were selected to join him, it was apparent by all of them that Peter had a problem with Mary. 
She was the center of attention with regards to Jesus, and this bothered Peter tremendously. It was from that moment on that Peter sought to find any possible way he could to break up the marriage. As he was chosen first and felt that his place should be next to Jesus and not that of a woman. For men had value, but women did not. One fear was that Jesus was putting women in a place they shouldn't be. And that was out of the question. They feared that from that moment on, Jesus would be seen as outwardly defying the law, thus making marriage of that time and under that law as being sacrilegious. Mary, according to everyone, was a prostitute. And there was no going back on that as far as Peter was concerned. And surely, surely that this would cause Jesus to leave her. So this was the plan. They were to show Jesus in very obvious ways that they were disgusted at the fact that Mary had to join them each and every time they got together, but also bringing up her reputation would surely cause Jesus to end this marriage in divorce. That is why they question him on the divorce. Should a man divorce a woman? And more or less, under what conditions should he divorce the woman? It was obvious to Jesus and the others that Peter couldn't stand the sight of Mary being with Jesus. So, as not all plans were telegraphed ahead that Jesus would be coming into town, there was one incident where no one knew that he would be coming because Jesus did not announce it except for those within their group that he would be stopping there. Surprisingly, however, Jesus was met with a crowd of people that included scribes. Scribes were like the reporters of the day, as well as Pharisees were part and religious teachers were part of the group, which was very surprising to Jesus. As only those closest to him, as I said before, knew that he would be in the area that day. So he knew something was up. And as always, where there's Pharisees and religious leaders, Jesus already knew that there would be an attempt to trip him up using the law. So while he was speaking in front of the temple, a group of these teachers and religious um, leaders brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and threw her down in front of him. Now, since men were never guilty of adultery, and it was always the woman who caused him the man to sin, it was a perfect opportunity for those who claimed that they knew Mary's caliber of life. And as uh, Cardinal Dolan mentioned, she was sure not a paragon of virtue for a chunk of her life. It seemed to be the perfect plan. Teacher, they addressed him. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commands to stone her. What did you say? Now you have to remember Peter's attitude towards Mary was obvious, and it was especially obvious to Jesus, for no care was taken in hiding their feelings at all. So it was apparent that many in the group did not like her. So knowing this, that Peter and some of those who are friends with Peter were part of this, part of this plan. Putting Jesus in this position, they could infer the same about his wife and be done with her once and for all. It was the perfect plan. Of course, Jesus was not naive. And knowing their hearts, he stooped down and began writing in the dirt with his finger. The teachers kept shouting for an answer. 
The crowd was getting restless. Finally, looking back at Mary, his wife, Jesus stood up. For there in the crowd were also the men who defiled her 11 years before. So now, watching the crowd and hearing the accusations and the shouting for Jesus to answer, which is more or less to bring charges against another woman, would force Jesus to make charges against his own wife and therefore divorce her. Mary watched as the men who defiled her in the crowd were laughing and pointing and also shouting for Jesus to make a statement. Jesus stood up and stepped back. The men stepped forward, the crowd stepped forward to take a look at what was written in the dirt. What was written in the dirt was Mary of Magdala. Again, the crowd shouted for an answer. So Jesus stooped down a second time and wrote again. This time he wrote, my wife. At this very moment, these seven men who had violated his wife 11 years ago then knew that the young man, that 17-year-old boy who ran down in an effort to save the girl, was now standing in front of them, the eyewitness to what they had done. Standing up in front of these men, Jesus looked out at the crowd, which was now becoming larger, and he spoke. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. For next to the words that Jesus had written as my wife, he also wrote, I was there. For any of those who are not part of the seven, but were witness to, to what had happened, that they would know that he knew what had taken place. So in this sense, we say that Mary Magdalene was the first to be redeemed by Jesus. And those seven men were the demons that would no longer plague her. Jesus spoke to the woman kindly, asking her who is accusing her. And as he did that, he sent her away, and she became a follower of Jesus. Immediately afterwards, he turned to his wife and kissed her. She was free. She was finally free of the seven demons who haunted her mind day and night and the fabricated story that was made about her had ended. This young 17-year-old who witnessed the horrendous acts of these seven men watched how everyone dropped their stones that they held in their hands and walked away along with all the others. Sadly, even though records of this confrontation were brought to the forefront, the men kept the reputation of Mary as being a prostitute along with the sponging of Mary and Jesus being married in Cana.